0: So this is Destination Detour, the podcast that gets lost on purpose. I'm J.M. Romig, this is
1: Neil Brooks. uh, In the meantime, to help keep my sanity, when I'm sitting there under street lamps in Walmart parking lots at night, I whip out the notebook and I write little stories, you know, about uh, the stuff that's going on, whether it's 100% true or not is is really my secret to keep. Um, But but it's great. So uh, if I sound like a lunatic and stuff, hopefully people will be like, well... I would like to read some stuff by this lunatic <laughs> so uh keep an eye out for Wit's End, um which is already a completed novel that should be published and coming out at the beginning of two thousand and fifteen and uh the one that I'm currently penning and is uh, uh the owl queen, and it uh, has some something to do with what I mentioned about Alpha Centauri, but I won't say how much <laughs> i don't wanna I don't wanna uh put off the normal people just mm. yet, you know yeah. <laughs> Ah shit. Lately, I've been feeling so strange. Some people say that I'm just a range. My priorities have been rearranged. No longer content with the script. You know, a a lot of smack can be talked about, like, uh, dropouts and non-productive members of society and but you know it's it's their life, they're living it it's your life, you're living it and our lives are not static, we're not the same all the way through, it's oh. like uh, someone said something interesting about potential recently and uh, and it made me think like who's the judge of when that potential should happen, it's like yeah. um, I, uh, you might have potential to be Uh, amazing world-recognized poet right Mm -hmm. and I think you have that potential right Mm -hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean it's gonna happen tomorrow (laughs) that doesn't mean it's gonna happen when you're 30 that doesn't mean it's gonna happen when you're 50 it might not happen till after you're dead but it's still out there it's a possibility Um, so so who's that person that that judges Mm -hmm. who's that one that says like uh, no, you have to achieve that potential at a certain part in your life. It's mm-hmm. like maybe I had to go through a whole lot of life experiences to ever unlock that true potential. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't know that beforehand. You can't know I'm going to have to learn these lessons and do these things before I can know who I am. Like you just have to go out and learn that shit. Go out and experience that shit and then find out who you are in the process. And... Uh, Sometimes that's not always the same. Sometimes you're like, I don't like myself very much right now. And then you come back and check in like a couple of weeks later and you're like, hey, I ain't so bad. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> um, And then you might come back a couple of weeks later after that and be like, actually, you know, I'm kind of awesome. Uh, man, man, I'm really fucking awesome. And then you're just like, man, I can do anything. I'm fucking great. And then you fail miserably and you're just like, I suck. Oh, man. What was I thinking? Um, but that's the way it works you know it's like uh, you know that's your samsara that's your life that's your learning curve Mm -hmm. that's your path yeah Um, not anybody else's and uh, uh, it's it's all of those things weaved together that make reality make the Mm -hmm. world make things as they are and uh, good or bad is just completely subjective. It really, mm-hmm. like, like, on the objective level, everything is awesome.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: On the subjective level, maybe not so awesome for you right now. <laughs> you yeah. know? But that doesn't mean down the road it won't be awesome for you and maybe not so awesome for somebody else. Yeah. That's okay. We, we trade off. Um, I have cash now. I'm going to give it to you. Uh, you have cash later. You're going to give it to somebody else. They have cash later. They're going to pass yeah. it back to me. And it's not really like karma as we typically think. It's just keeping everything going. Yeah. Um, uh, and on that note, since this is destination detour, I've really started to find the the Buddhist thought mm-hmm. appealing that karma is there for people who want it. Like mm-hmm. if you do something shitty and you in the back of your mind you're like, Man, I've got some bad karma coming for that. You're gonna get it. Uh, if you do something great, and you're like, man, I deserve some good karma, you might get it. You know, like, if if you're an asshole and did something shitty and said, I deserve good karma anyways, you might get that good karma anyways. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really just that manifestation aspect. And so, like... You find what you're looking for, really. A Buddha would say, um, if you did something, and you feel like you wish you would have done it better... But you accept the fact that you could have done it better and will try to in the future. Um, And don't try to punish yourself for it. Mm -hmm. Like, you really don't need to slap your own wrist. You can just be like, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, all right. You know, next time that comes up, I'm going to try to remember just to be a little nicer. Um, I'm going to try to remember to let that slide. I'm going to try to remember to... Uh, excuse trespasses against me mm-hmm. and hope that my trespasses are also excused. You know, like, yeah. um, to, to, to bring in the holiday season with a little bit of Christian philosophy. Yeah. But um, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's a good way to be. It's like, um, I've felt bad before and realized oh. I don't need to. It's like, there, it doesn't help me. It yeah. actually hurts me. Yeah. It actually keeps me in that rut. It keeps me from uh, learning the next lesson, moving to the next step, because I'm still stuck on the past. Uh-huh. Um, so hopefully that helps someone out there.
0: Yeah. Huh. Interesting. It's like the moon. That's it. Uh, that conversation we were having on the, uh, via text before you got here about um, perspective and the moon. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And, like, how two people, I mean, I was just, I've been thinking about this for a while, actually. Like, two people in two different areas, two different places, can be looking at the same objects, in this case, the moon. And because of where they are in relation to each other, and where they are in relation to everything, um, they see the moon differently. They see, like, I was i, I was looking at the moon la- uh, a couple nights ago, it was, like, last night or the night before, And there was this giant ring around it, like this huge halo that was like at least 20 moons like length in diameter, or like, not diameter, in radius, um, like just around, like the whole thing, it's huge, it was like huge span, and I was never seen anything fucking like that, and so I I message him and I tell him about what, go look at the moon, not thinking like his perspective might be different or whatever. And he's like, yeah, mine. Uh, the moon just looks orange. You said like looks huge it and orange. Yeah, it was
1: very orange that night. Yeah,
0: it was very huge and orange, and like that's beautiful in a whole different way. We're looking at the same object and experiencing two very different things, um, and experiencing the object as two very different objects. Mm-hmm. And like, I was just like, ain't that just the human condition? Ain't that just like how? Perspective works like two people, like everyone's looking at the same thing, and because of where they are, or uh, when they are, how they are, who they are, um, they see it differently.
1: A few nights um, prior to that, uh, I had been talking to my friend in New Orleans, Mm -hmm. and uh, we were looking at the moon that night uh, from like Frenchman Street, and uh, and I'm talking about how um, the face. The man in the moon face
0: uh-huh.
1: looks different to me now than it does when it was younger. It used to seem like it was staring right at me. And now uh-huh. it seems like it's really tilted to the side. And I'm just like, you know, uh-huh. I heard on my conspiracy radio show that, you know, the pole shift has made our perspective of the moon change. And he's just like, I always thought it looked like a rabbit. <laughs> and like, I was mind blown. <laughs> I think it was before we had that conversation. And I'm just like, well, I still don't see a rabbit up mm. there, but I trust 100% that he has always seen a rabbit. Yeah, And I was just like, that's beautiful. And uh, and to think about it, you could have three people standing side by side all staring at the same moon in the same location. And uh-huh. one person could just be like, yeah, it's the fucking moon. I've seen it uh, mm-hmm. every single night of my life that I've ever been outdoors and looked up. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes in the daytime. And then somebody, you know, they're just unimpressed. And then somebody else could just be like, Yeah, hey, that looks like a a rabbit up there. That looks like a face up there. And then the other one could just be like, Wow. You know? Yeah. Like, just blown away. By something unspeakable, mm-hmm. just like it may be in their head, they're picturing gravitational forces that keep this thing from flying mm-hmm. off or smashing into the planet. And they're yeah. like, they're who knows? Yeah, maybe they <laughs> took LSD before the experience, yeah, but. <laughs> or maybe they just took a lot years ago, yeah,
0: yeah, but yeah, and it, that's the whole like perspective on things is. It's, inter- it's interesting to like because it says nothing, but it says everything. You know what I mean? Because it's something to it does nothing for like that that thought does nothing for you really, uh, in the immediate you know world. But to keep that in mind, like, that that everybody sees the moon differently, that um, that idea that everyone sees everything through the framework and lens that they have, and some and we all know it's the moon. That's right? so we all have that larger macro framework of it's the moon nobody looks at it and thinks that's a giant rubber rubber bouncy ball somebody you know everybody knows it's the moon and knows what it is there's that framework that everyone's working in but if everyone sees something different even in that framework it's something to keep in mind when talking about anything with anyone or talk or broaching a subject that you have such a deliberate and, and thought out, well thought out, like, opinion of, you should know that someone else is probably well thought out, has a very well thought, deliberate opinion of that thing, that is something you probably never considered, because they're a different person, they have a different framework they're working in. And like, that's just an important, um, I think it's one of the most important lessons to to remind yourself of as a as a human in the world, you know?
1: And the moon can work as a great trigger for that like it's just like if you kind of condition yourself that every time you see the moon Mm -hmm. the first the next thought that you have is about perspective like I'm seeing this moon through my eyes and anyone else looking at this moon is seeing it through their eyes and that is not guaranteed to be the same Mm -hmm. and like like just to to kind of remind you that subjectivity like like every time you see it just like uh, I've been really into lucid dreaming in the past and one of the things mm-hmm. you do is you look for a trigger. Like you mm-hmm. wear a ring or you, I heard somebody uh, tries to stick their finger through their hand. If mm-hmm. it stops, you're awake. If it goes through, you're dreaming. Myself, huh. I, I look for tattoos cause, cause in my dream state, mm-hmm. they're either not there or they're different. Uh-huh. Um, so it's like if I look and all of a sudden I have different tattoos, I'm just like, I'm not in my physical body right now. And then, uh, and then that's a whole trick of like, don't freak yourself out. <laughs> don't freak out, yeah. don't panic. Um, uh, but yeah, same thing. It's Mm -hmm. like that trigger. It's like find something, uh, that reminds you to be more, whatever. Yeah. More lucid, more
0: compassionate. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Compassionate, empathetic, um, more awestruck by the awesomeness of the universe. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Like I see that band of the Milky Way up there and I think like, Oh, I'm looking at the center of the galaxy, whether I realize it or not. Yeah. You know, like, um, Mm -hmm. yeah it's just it's crazy and like say drum circle in the middle of of Orlando this is something I've been kind of thinking about it's Mm -hmm. like alright somebody could be standing there and just be like it's a bunch of hippies playing drums and somebody else could be like right now we are taking all of the energy we generate and create inside of our body through moving and living and shooting it out into space like a gamma ray burst Mm -hmm. you know We're just blasting off through the top of our head, and anyone out there listening Mm -hmm. to the universe is like, there's a party going on in Orlando. Mm -hmm. You know? (laughs) And to them, that's as true
0: as as the hippie thing is to the guy who's walking by. Sure. You know? And then, like, somebody just, like, not even a foot over from the guy who's thinking cosmically uh, could just be like... Um, like his girlfriend just dumped him, and he's having like the worst experience at this drum circle because now every drum sounds like
1: his beating, heartbreaking. You know, while he's watching her dance around. Yeah, he's like, yeah, and like used to be mine.
0: Yeah, and so like that taints them their experience, and their that's not any less valid than you know her freedom that she's experiencing just a few feet away. From the cosmic guy and the the prick who's walking by judging everyone, so everyone's got an valid experience of that moment, and it's very different. Everybody sees the moon differently.
1: Like the city exists for those that want to live in the city, the woods exist yeah. for those that want to play in the woods. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's hard. That's you know, it's just hard to say right or wrong, or yeah, like exactly. Or it's it's just a matter of uh, time and perspective. Mm-hmm. you know it's like right here right now I'm enjoying this or I'm not you know yeah. <laughs> uh, right here right now I'm having a blast yeah. it, it's hard I don't really get much internet or anything Yeah. so I often feel very selfish because I'll get like an hour worth of internet and I'll be like go through and answer all my messages uh, you know try to get back mm-hmm. to everybody that I can check some emails uh, nope still no response from the publisher damn it yeah. uh, um, <laughs> and then it's like I forget to like check my news feed, or look at some what's going on in somebody else's life and after the fact i'm just like i wish i would have used some of that time to to really use uh, social media to be social right and and check in on people that didn't reach out to me first you know somebody somebody sent me a message and i'm like responding to it but i'm forgetting that step of like Mm -hmm. reach out like see what they're doing you know like get involved in their lives um And I'm not much on, like, working on myself, just trying to, like, continually grow and experience and Mm -hmm. stuff. But it's, like, that's a good thing to be mindful of. Um, Yeah. uh, Especially this time of year, reach out to people. Somebody you know um, that, you know, might have – be totally alienated from their family. Mm -hmm. Um, But somebody you know might be just, like, sitting, having a horrible time of year this time of year. Yeah. You know, like, maybe Mm – uh uh they're they somebody in their family passed away this time of year yeah. and every time this time of year they have to relive that while everybody else is having a blast they're just like i miss so and so yeah and uh so you know try to think try to try to judge try to feel like is there somebody that hmm. needs uh a, a friendly reminder they have friends you know yeah, like, exactly is there somebody that needs a little like rub on the back a little like it'll be okay you know yeah. like Tomorrow is a new day. Next week is a new week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Next year is a new year. Um, you know let's just keep always moving this thing forward and and not try to dwell so much on the past. you know, try not to repeat it if uh, if it was something not worth repeating.
0: <laughs> it's been calling me
1: right on. <laughs> yeah, I'm that much of like mm. a hard, fruity, candy person, I have a thing with like uh, Mm -hmm. artificial fruit flavors and stuff it's not like a, I don't want anything artificial, I eat all kinds of artificial crap. it's like, I I, I eat chocolate, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'm Mm -hmm. like if I want candy, I want chocolate I didn't want a Jolly Rancher or, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I have an issue with like,
0: anything purple flavored Mm. because I don't know why, I mean I think it's an insult to call it grape because I love grapes grapes taste delicious
1: Purple does not. Purple does not taste good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like a, a Concord grape. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, we grew up in, in kind of like mm-hmm. uh, America's second biggest wine country. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. And, and so, like, I used to ride my bicycle and smell the Concord grapes as they were ripe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and hopefully the statute of limitations is passed on this. But I used to get mm-hmm. off my bike and go pick grapes mm-hmm. and just, like, eat them. and like there's a taste that comes off a fresh concord Mm -hmm. grape that cannot be replicated it doesn't come in a bottle of even a hundred percent juice it doesn't come anywhere but from a grape off the vine Mm -hmm. and it's like it's got something to do with the skin Mm -hmm. it's like you juice those things and you're missing it yeah Yeah. (laughs) Uh, it's uh, almost like the inside of a banana peel Mm -hmm. it's like it's it's not necessarily good mm-hmm. but it's part of the experience yeah and that's really. another
0: thing i don't like is banana flavored things
1: mm-hmm.
0: artificial banana doesn't taste like banana either there's a huge component of the flavor that's completely missing and not that any other artificial things actually taste artificial apple doesn't taste like apple but i can handle that and i can ta- and it doesn't taste bad to me green doesn't taste bad to me purple and yellow if it's not lemon taste just gross to me yeah like just the flavors they decided to substitute and tell me are
1: (laughs) grape and banana i i'll Mm. tell you though i could still get down on a pouch of big league chew Mm. i don't care if they call it strawberry or grape to me Mm -hmm. it is big league chew (laughs) it's it's Mm -hmm. its own thing (laughs) pretty wild i think it has something to do with surface area they yeah. shred it so when you put it in there it's like you've got all this surface area for your saliva to get oh, all <laughs> <laughs> you end up like drooling mm-hmm. drooling red down yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> that being said I haven't had it since I was a kid so I might not enjoy it quite so much now yeah it's a,
0: then, it might be a different experience it okay. be interesting to try it again for like just nostalgic purposes yeah it's weird we uh, live in a weirdly nostalgic um, culture. You ever realize that everything's nostalgic? Like, hmm. Facebook is gotten. It's gotten to the point where there is an app, and I own, and I, and I'm not even like dissing the app because I have it. But there's an app that will go through your Facebook posts and find out what post you made that day, however many years ago, yeah. just so you can share it on Facebook and go, hey, this is what I was doing that day. That's how nostalgia... Like, we're so fucking obsessed with nostalgia. It's... And I find it both creepy... And, like, undeniably... um, Something that... I feel like I need to analyze it. Because I'm not... I'm not anti it. I'm obviously taking part in the culture of nostalgia. But I think there's something to be said about our generation. When... Every movie... A lot of the big blockbuster movies that are coming out are adaptations of previous works that came out. Everything's a reboot. Everything's rehashed. Everything's a re. Um, a recreation of something else. Like it's a fairy tale. It's a this, it's a that. It's, you know, zombies again in a different way. Everything is reanimated. <laughs> um. And, like, there's something to do... Like, that has to do with the nostalgia thing. It has to do with, like... There's nothing inherently about our generation or my generation or whatever, if I'm a different one. I don't know. um, That is uniquely us as a generation. Other than the whole concept of reinvention. Like, you could go back and find the hippies in the 60s. They had the unique... They were the hippies. They had a different kind of thing. Now we have just... Hip, n- neo hippies, you know. You think about the punks. That's the '80s, like the hardcore '80s.
1: Now we have neo punks. Everything's re punk. Yeah. yeah, yeah now know? we got like crusty uh, kids, mm-hmm. gutter punks, dirty street kids, train hoppers. Uh, it's it's really hard. It's mm-hmm. pretty much all like a, a, a variety of a, a spectrum of counterculture.
0: Yeah, and um, it's all remix of that same counterculture. It, everything is a remix of,
1: of the older... Someone asked me the other day um, what the difference between mm-hmm. emo kids and scene was. And I said, scene are emo kids that switch to a different scene. Yeah. <laughs> like I was just, not like it's like I really care about all those labels and stuff, but if I had to guess, I would say, well, they, you know, I guess they were emo kids and then they uh. found a different scene. So they called them (laughs) zensters. yeah the way i (laughs) see the evolution
0: the evolution of the emo kid to hipster thing that happened was you had the emo kids uh which were came out of like the 80s 90s um emo rock that was going on um and then when they when that started to become mainstream people started to like like mesh them because it was like a subset of the goth culture Basically what yeah. what the emo kid culture was is a subset of the goth culture at first. Yeah. And then a lot of people liked that style and they started mimicking that style, but they didn't want to be associated with all the emotion and all the all of the feelings and everything because what 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 emo is is they took all the desper the despair of goth culture and just took away the violent aspect of it and just be kind of like just it was more like Nyeh. It was like whiny. I, I mean, not to <laughs> diss emo, whatever. Excuse me. I don't give a shit. It's not 19. It's not 2002. Right. Get over it. Um, yeah, I, if they're offended,
1: they'll just cry about it. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> so you get the emo kids and the people mimicking that style, but they didn't want to be associated with that emotion. They wanted to be just like I like the scene. Yeah.
1: I like whatever is cool. I like these bands, you, you know? know. I I don't necessarily so, like cut myself to them, but I so yeah. <laughs> so that's where
0: the, the the word "scene." Even though this, I was really upset with this when it actually started happening and everyone started being seen, was that because um, I wasn't part of anything, but I was pissed at the idea that counterculture eventually got to the point where the title of that counterculture was "I'm doing it to be cool." Like, that's what scene means, is I'm doing wow. it to be part of that scene. Right, right, Which, inherently, is the opposite of counterculture. Like, counterculture as anti-counterculture.
1: Right.
0: You know? At oh, what man. point is th- our words are just fucking meaningless?
1: Right.
0: And, um... So then that eventually went into uh, another... Uh, like, a one step further into irony. Which is where you get the hipster. Like, you get somebody who's honest... Like, scenesters are honestly following this scene and doing what's hip because they think it's hip right. and then what hipsters are are people that wear hip things ironically
1: nah sure sure
0: and so like it became the post the the postmodern
1: scene sir is the hipster i do this because it's not cool
0: yeah <laughs> exactly and that's really what it boiled down to like fucking handlebar mustaches and tuxedo fucking shirts and, right, right. and the fucking most ridiculous things you could think of because it was so ironically not cool, and it was a reaction. Everything's a
1: reaction to. Sure, and then it became cool. So then they mm-hmm. had to start doing something else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: There's actually something out there called normal core now, and like people are making a shitload of money wearing clothes like you and I are wearing, and like am- and during like for like photo shoots and shit Almost. because normal is so fucking unnormal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs>
1: That it's now a thing, and Uh, I'm like, oh my god, (laughs) fuck, casual, which is not casual at all. Casual, which is like Mm. uh, misplaced conversations, Mm was like uh, thing, yeah, things that don't belong are casual. Yeah, and now we're like, no, casual is normal.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, that's one of those words that completely flipped meaning. I think I blame Casual Fridays for that, because that had the original meaning, which was. This is something you don't... Yeah, you dress
1: down. I should go into casual Friday with, like, a tutu. Yeah, because like, like that would uh, be following what a casual Friday would be. <laughs> like a pirate rag uh, on my head. Because mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> they were using it as, this is something you wear different. And then people colloquially started, without thinking about, you know, like, oh, well, this obviously must be what it means, is a dress down, chilled out yeah. thing. And so it became, like, synonymous with normal, which is the opposite of what casual means. And just like um, oh, literally did the same thing. They recently added a, def- a de- an extra definition in, in um, the dictionary because so many people mm-hmm. use literally, figuratively, mm-hmm. that literally means the traditional definition of literally, which means actually, you know, whatever. And then under it, basically the opposite. Yeah. And it's like you broke English. We yeah. broke English. Yeah. But then again, that's it's so there's so many. You can't really judge that if you're really trying to analyze English. You can't really say it's it's good or bad, you know. Yeah. But it's it's bad. It's fucking bad. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, but then again, I I uh, you know I follow the same trends. I say legit instead of legitimate. I say you know stupid chain. I hashtag shit. Like I'm part of this stupid rehash culture too
1: i uh yeah i wrote a little like i i haven't put words on social media for like about two years pretty much like i dropped off social media for a year i came back last year actually after i dropped out of society kind of thing again Mm. and was like okay but this time around i'm not gonna bitch about anything i'm not gonna get in an argument with anybody (laughs) Uh, all I'm going to do is just post pictures of what I'm doing. Uh-huh. And even for the first couple months, I didn't even put any words on the picture. I was like, here's a picture. And mm-hmm. then people were like, what is this? What am I looking at? No response. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then finally I kind of started like adding little, like, these are fossils. Or, you know, like, mm-hmm. whatever. And uh, and then it just kind of built up to there. So, like, I had to rediscover mm-hmm. uh, um, small talk. Like, yeah. like, non-offensive, just like, Hey, I, you know, like, <laughs> I'm not trying to crap on anything you're doing. You know, like, I'm just yeah. like, here's what I'm doing. And if somebody posts in, like, marr, 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 It's like, I didn't see that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, just, just, uh, you didn't see it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, whatever, have fun arguing with yourself. Yeah, um, pretty much. Well, awesome. Happy holidays, y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, loving you. Be nice to each other. I know that all sounds like stereotypical, like, hippie shit. Um, but mm-hmm. Bill and Ted said it best.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh
1: man. Oh but yeah, it's it's really cool fucking seeing you again, man. Yeah, you as well, and thank you for letting me be on your awesome little show here. I yeah. promise I'll start listening to it now. <laughs>